The Tour of Flanders. De Ronde. The Tour of Come On, Milliarden on the Tour. The smell of a true Flemish spring. Ox fat, grilled sausages, balms, riders sweat and daffodils. On this parkour's newborn babies are still named Roger and Eddie and Flandriana. Here, when someone says the tour is cancelled, he'll just get a big belly laugh, because everyone here knows very well that the tour always goes on, except for the time when there weren't any roads left after the bombings. It's the 14th Sunday of the year, and here comes the Ronde. Not just any Ronde, but the Ronde of all Rondes, with every Ronde legend that's ever set this crazy crowd on fire. Hello and welcome to sunny Flanders. It's the 14th Sunday of the year, and in this region that can only mean one thing. Bikes, racing, bergs and cobbles, not forgetting the chocolate, beer and the frites as well. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Ronde van Vlaanderen, the Tour of Flanders. Well, this of course is the big one in Flanders. It's a special edition this year though. All the former winners of the Ronde have come to Antwerpen for the start and they're going to compete in the ultimate Ronde van Vlaanderen. The organisers have also dealt out a few wild cards as well. Quite a few in fact. We're going to see some very special names indeed. We're in Antwerpen and the crowds gathered in Market Square for the team presentation. It's like Hollywood out there. Stars and past and present are all in attendance. Karel van Weenendale, the founding father of the tours, nervously pacing up and down. You can see him chewing on his cigar, in fact. It's a very, very big moment for him. The day where all of the stars, past and present, are together. And nobody better than he to be giving the start signal. Gentlemen, go! No, that sounds stupid. Gentlemen, race! No, that's not good either. God damn it. It's an absolutely unbelievable atmosphere. The cafes are full of fans, and they've come from all over the world, haven't they, to see this brilliant race. There's some cycling cafes they can stop at along the parkour as well, like Café Sportpalais in Singham. The bartender's cousin there, Tour Dekebalter, won the Tour of Flanders in 1960. And what about the startlers? What about the superstars who have come here? It's probably the best start list ever assembled. The Belgians will be competing by decade, going all the way back to the start with Paul Deman. You can look to the 1940s with Briggs Schutter here alongside Rick van Steenberger. In the 70s, Merckx and Martens are teaming up. And the most recent team of Bona, De Volder, Neuens, Van Avermaet, Gilbert and new boy Remco Evenepoel promise to cause a stir. The Italians bring a classics lineup to top all classics lineups. Copy, Bartali, Bugno, Argentina, Magni, Tafi, Bartoli, Ballan, and Betiol, the man who most recently won this race. The French bring Enquetil and company as well, with Jackie Durand, their last man to win the Ronde of Flandre. The Spaniards will be captained by Fletcher. The Brits bring Simpson, Wiggins and company as well. And Germany having a go with all kinds of different riders. Ulrich joined by Clear, Degenkolb and Greipel. And the Danes, the Danish dynamite, with Pedersen, the current world champion, joined by Rolf Sørensen and Jesper Skibu. United States have Greg LeMond, Lance Armstrong, Andy Hampston and George Hincapie. And for the Netherlands, yes, the team from over the border, Nicky Terpstra leads a team that has the father and son partnership that just about everybody wants to see. Yes, it's Adri and Mathieu van der Poel riding together, hoping to topple their rivals from in Belgium. Cancellara and Christoph are here, and look at this all-star squad. Sagan, 
Kelly, Stiebar, Schleck, Bauer, Elliott and Beckstedt, a dream team to watch out for over the course of this huge race. The women are represented by some of the top riders ever to grace the sport. Mariana Foss, equal only really to Eddie Merckx in the history of this great sport. Corinne Rivera, former winner as well. And the character Cecilie Utrup is here alongside the likes of Van der Prege, Van Fluten and Deignan. Well, the riders are all getting ready. It's been sign-in time, presentation time. And I think we're almost ready for the off. And is that Roger de Kock stripping? It looks as though he's rubbing his body with some special cold cream as well. Bit of embrocation down there. I think he's expecting quite a bit of bad weather. Oh, 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 oh look at them with their uh, artistic ice skating suits. <laughs> They've never seen a real Flemish spring. Well, we're going to be following things as always in the commentary box throughout today's proceedings. We've also got the luxury of Matt Stevens out there on the motorbike too. And Matt, I believe you're on the bike with Brom Brom Benoni Behead. Tell him I rode the Tour of Flanders myself three times. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Brom Brom participated himself incredibly in the Tour of Flanders. Three times, three times. Yeah, yeah, we know three times, Brom Brom. Thanks very much. Three times, we, we do know that. Oh, I can just see uh, Johan Museo on the podium there. Let's hear what he has to say. It will be top today. I will think I will beat Eddie Merckx and also that young talent even the pool today. Dames and heren, Jan Museu! Well, Matt, you've talked to a few of the riders down there. What advice, for example, did Betiol have for Coppi? Well, uh, Betiol said to Coppi, uh, you need to put some fatter tyres on, mate. You're never going to get round on those thin tyres. He also advised to get a head unit so he could see where he's going. And uh, he also advised that he didn't drink whiskey on the road, as, as Coppi uh, previously did in the past. But apart from that, Betiol was, uh, was enamoured. He was, he was just so, so pleased to have one of the true icons of Italian cycling, of course, world cycling on the start line. So I think we may actually see Betiol shielding Coppi from the wind in the earlier stages. And we could see Coppi try and take flight later on. But believe it or not, Rob, and this is quite incredible, Coppi never actually rode the Ronda during his career, although he did promise the organisers he would start in 1949 and in 1951. Il Campionissimo never actually came to Flanders, so it's great to see he's making good on this promise. And after all this time, why do you think he's finally turned up? Well, I think the, the copy has finally succumbed to the pressure on social media. He's a, he's a big, big fan of Instagram. He's always on Facebook speaking to his relatives and he loves a bit of Twitter as well. So I think the pressure has, has just become too much for him, mate. Not fast enough, Fausto, what's this? Fausto likes cuddles, not cobbles. And cobbles too big for the size of your... Macchicazzo! I'll show these bare bellies. Well, Rob, uh, aside from Coppy being here, um, the field, as you, as you listed, it is absolutely uh, amazing. And I, I cannot believe that I'm here amongst all these riders. I mean, I mean, look at the Danish Dynamite squad, for example. We've got the world champion, the young world champion, Mads Pedersen, who we know has already finished runner-up in the Ronda in the past. We've also got last year's runner-up, Kasper Asgreen, um, who Brian Holm called the human motorbike. And they're backed up by Sorensen, Abiana Reese. I mean, it really is incredible. I'm just scrolling through the start list to see Greg Lamond here as well, three times winner of the Tour de France. He loved riding on the cobbles too. Remember, he was a top 10 in Paris-Roubaix in the, in the past. And what about the all-star team? Sagan, Kelly, Stiebar, Schleck, Bauer, Elliott and Baxter. And of course, Rob, there's also a women's team here as well. 
And one of my, uh, my standout riders from that women's lineup is Cecile Utrop Ludwig, of course, from Denmark. She was third in the Ronda last year. And Rob, this is her favorite race of the entire calendar. Look for her to be super aggressive today. Yet this year, the women are racing against the men in the Ronde van Vlaanderen for the first time ever. This is 2020 after all. Some of the old timers looking a bit confused, but thankfully they are with the present and they are going to have quite a race on their hands. Matt, what's the general atmosphere like down there in Antwerpen? Uh, it's one of um, fevered anticipation, um, Rob. And, uh, and I've been to Antwerp on numerous occasions. It's one of my favourite cities to drink beer and, and eat chocolate and just mooch about. But Rob, today is something that Antwerp, indeed the world, has never experienced before. And it's great to see the heroes of the past mingle, of course, with the stars of today. Although one of the big problems I've seen, Rob, is that the Flemish waiters seem to be having a little bit of difficulty understanding the coffee orders of the Italians. Allora, uh, doppio caffè macchiato. Uh, latte freddo a parte è un cappuccino senza cioccolato e senza zucchero e non troppo crema grazie ok so that's two coffees uh, three coffees for tafel vef well here we have the first escape the first breakaway even before the race has started the Fleming and Remco Evenepoel and Johan Museo are having get this an eclair eating competition now the Fleming has the lead he's gone in straight early the flag has dropped he's shoved in two at once straight into his mouth there's cream everywhere now Evenepoel and Museo are lagging behind they don't know how to react but the Fleming pushes even more inside I think he's even got three in there how the hell is he doing it Evenepoel and Museo have gone for a big swallow they've gone for two each and they are certainly back in the race now. Now, Museo's gone for another one. He's stuck a chocolate one in the side. He's gone a very funny colour. And, oh, I've had to turn away. I think he's actually thrown up. Oh, it must be the nerves, Matt. Must be the nerves. Did you know that Henri Suter, the Swiss champion, who was the first non-Belgian to win the Ronde, in the meantime, has been busy comparing the weight of his steel Stucky bike with the carbon one of Nicky Terepstra. Leaving the Eclairs to one side for a moment, Terepstra's lifting Suter's bike and... He can't even lift it. Uh, it's too heavy. Steel bikes are making a bit of a comeback nowadays, aren't they? The true Flandrian tradition, just like those Jaeger bikes. Much lighter, but still made in those same Flemish workshops that produced them for some of the biggest champions. The old-timers, oh, we talk about this, are all wrapping the tubes around their backs and some have put extra rice cakes in their back pockets. None of these fancy gels and things like that for them. It's going to be a real mix of approaches to this race and well we're talking of all the classic riders Briscotter one of the legends from down the years is getting ready for Ronda number 21 in his career he's just having his last ale now trying to flush down those three raw eggs that he ate and having a quick chat with Roger de Cocco at the same time he by the way is now all greased up and ready to go Roger cycled to the start in Antwerp today no changing of the habits for him in the meantime Matt who else did you get to speak to? Well, Rob, it has been a veritable who's who today, but I did speak to Rick Van Looy, who's prepared himself with an oranges diet for this edition of the Tour of Flanders. Now, Rick, are you really sure about this? That's not too many oranges, do you think? Oh, I'm sure as shit, I'm not uh, sure as shit. Uh, orange uh, or the new power diet, eh? I will spit fire, eh? <laughs> you will see him. You will see. Well, I'm sure we'll see about that, Rick, but uh, interesting, if unorthodox, uh, fueling technique there from the legend Van Looy. Now, Jacques Oncoutil did the same, but he swapped the orange juice for champagne. Now, Fabian Cancellara, himself a three-times winner, of course, of the Ronda, looked forward to racing against the great Eddie Merckx. Eddie who, uh, to be honest, I don't know the guy. Um, is he a billiard player? 
Now watch out for the German team signing on the start sheet here. Now the last time the Ronda was cancelled, rumour has it, they were slightly involved. And there is Karl von Wernendahler, the starting gun in one hand, cigar in the other. Gentlemen, start! Oh. And they're off on this 2020 Ronde van Vlaanderen, on their way to the 18 hills and five cobbled sectors. Looks like this sunny weather isn't going to last though, I'm afraid. There are a few grim-looking clouds about, and there's already a pretty strong headwind for the riders to ride into. So eight and a half kilometres since the neutral start, it's a lovely atmosphere here. We're approaching kilometre zero now, and you can just see that Tom Boner is having a nice chat with Briggs Schotter. There's Greg Lemont and Bernard Hinault. Looks like they've buried the hatchet, which is nice to see. And look at this, grandfather Raymond Poulidor, his son-in-law Adri and grandson Mathieu van der Poel, looking over his shoulder to make sure he's the one wearing the spandex in this family. Here we go then, kilometre zero, and the flag is dropped. We're underway in the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Well, the attack's coming thick and fast here. Bastianelli and Van Fluten not able to break clear after their first efforts. Of course, Bastianelli, a former winner of this race, reigning champion, in fact, when it was the two Italians just 12 months ago. Bionarisa is having a go as well, looking determined to make it into the early breakaway. But he's not getting any room. So, so difficult to let any of these big names clear. Matt Stevens on the motorbike. What's happening down there? Well, thanks very much indeed, Rob. It's been a very, very animated early part of uh, the Ronda. People trying to establish the moves. The attacks have been coming thick and fast. Now, as you mentioned, one of the first riders to try and get, get away was uh, Bjarne Rees, but uh, he was adopting the one-legged pedaling technique, which he was training on in the uh, late 90s. It uh, wasn't very effective, basically, and he was quickly caught back with a gripe Andre Greipel. The gorilla tried to get in the early break, but that failed as well. Oh wow, it's Mark Cavendish who's just accelerated like lightning out of the bunch. Big surprise there, but he is looking very, very lean. An uncharacteristic move by the Manxman, but he looks good. Fluid on the pedals, very low into the wind, but, well, he's not been given any opportunities to go clear. Too classy to give a gap to, and it is the Belgian squad who were relaying to bring him back. 232 kilometers to go, and we're into Hammersoche. The pace absolutely rapid right now. Nobody able to break away yet. We're approaching the birthplace of Krik van Avermaet and Hannes Socher, one of the seven Dorpen van der Ronde, towns of der Ronde, and it's quite an honour to be named amongst those. Huge crowds have come out to cheer on Golden Greg, and he's going to remain the holder of that title for another 12 months now, given the fact that the Olympic Games have been postponed. It looks as though all those people on the side of the road have inspired a few of the oldies. They're having a go here, trying to break free from the peloton. This is Italian legend Gino Bartali with the increase in the pace, being followed too by former winners Raymond Impanis, Roger de Kock, Jean Forestier and the man they call the human pharmacy, Rudy Altig, all just about getting a little gap now. Interesting to see what the peloton does here, but I don't think they're going to let them go yet. Little bit of a reaction and it looks as though we're all together again. Well, just over 180 kilometres to go. The pace is fast, and in the first two hours of racing, we've had an average of 46 kilometres per hour. The peloton's still together, interestingly being controlled by a pair of winning brothers, the Plankerts, Eddie and his older brother Walter, just controlling the tempo on the front. 
Not too many families can say they've got two Ronda winners in the same house. We're approaching the end of the first cobbled sector, the Lippeholverstraat, and coming up to the next right-hand turn at the end of this sector. After that, they'll pass the little church and straight on to the next sector of cobbles, the Padestraat, 2.4 kilometres long and very, very gruelling indeed. And here we get our first glimpse of Bradley Wiggins. Wigo comes to the front, puts in a dig. Oh, in fact, he's really putting a hammer down here on the Padestraat now. And I think it's having an effect on the back. Few gaps starting to open up between wheels now. Riders all over the place, and Wiggins is doing a huge bit of damage. This is the first time we've seen gaps between wheels, really, in this round of Flandre. And I think we're getting a group away now. A few people following Wiggins, and it looks as though eight riders. Down to Matt Stevens for clarification. Yes, Robert. Eight riders are, are actually in the front group now. So uh, to Bradley Wiggins is there, as you mentioned. He put a really, really long turn on the front, and uh, you can see in his eyes it was he was the one that wanted to split this. Now, world champion Matt Pedersen is there as well. Uh, I'm getting jolted around on these cobbles. My teeth are chattering, uh, just like these riders. But uh, Pedersen, great form in the world's bands. Juan Antonio Flecha is there as well. Uh, uh, Alexander Kristoff, a previous winner of this race, also managed to get in the mood. And a real blast from the past. Jenny Longo is there from France. Andrea Taffy, the Italian, is there. Corinne Rivera, the former United States champion. And Bader van Bettingham also in the mood. So six men, two women. Uh, I'm going to need a break in a minute. His goal was a pretty awful. 40 seconds as a leader. Yes, Matt, the Peloton seems to have had enough. I think we're seeing the break of the day, the morning break at the very least in this Tour of Flanders. Riders stopping left and right for a comfort break now. Of course, some are having to go behind trees. The race calming down as the riders come through Aldenarde, straight past the Tour of Flanders centre, the Zentrum Ronde van Vlaanderen. Matt, have you ever been inside? Yeah, I've been here uh, in that uh, lovely place on numerous occasions uh, and it really has deep Ronda roots. You can really smell the history, Rob, taste the cobblestones and test your knowledge of the Ronda at this interactive experience centre. Now, it seems my knowledge, to be fair, is pretty excellent, Rob. Now, did you actually have a go? And I'd, I'd be interested to know what your score was. Rob? Um, so I haven't had the time yet. Anyway, isn't this where uh, Cancellara turned bartender? Indeed, Rob, you are correct. That's right. Fabian Cancellara greeted his fans after his victories here in 2013 and 2014 and actually poured beers from the tap. And let's see if we'll be here again tomorrow. Now, Flanders really is the heartland of cycling, Rob. This is their national holiday, their religion. They never win the Eurovision Song Contest, but they have their ronde. The peloton now, Rob, just passing for the first time the old Aquaremont and the crowd, as ever, absolutely unbelievable. Rows and rows, chanting, drinking, providing the atmosphere that only the Ronda can offer. And did you know that yesterday, 16,000 lucky cycling enthusiasts participated in the most famous sportif of amateur cycling, We Ride Flanders. Yeah, and you can ride a retro edition of the Ronda in May. There's a summer edition in September and an off-road edition in October, I think. Yeah, indeed. Now, Rob, Flanders really is cycling country. Now, the Austrians have their apres ski, but here in Flanders, it's beers before, during and apres cycling. Well, don't go away. We'll be back right after this short break.
Antwerpen to Aldenaarde, 267 kilometers, eight hills already climbed, ten Hellinger still to go. This country looks flat, doesn't it? I can't believe the number of hills. Almost surprising that there aren't any yodelers around here. Oh, I stand corrected. Meanwhile, the temperature's dropped and there's a little bit of drizzle. Zevert, as they say in these parts. Matt, do you know any other words for rain in Flemish? I've got a few. Zever, drash, miser, mot, slag, blend, heat, klets. And when it really rains, it rains old women. Hey, you're good, man. You're good. I'll be coming for you for lessons after this. But in the meantime, on with the race. A hundred kilometres remain in the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Our eight leaders have an advantage of four minutes and 28 seconds on the peloton. And we're on our way to the big one, the Muur van Herasberger. This should be fun. And of course, it will be historic. 
Yeah, the Herodsberg and Rob, that should be a lot of fun. It always is. Now, also a little bit of fun was just a couple of minutes ago when an army train was blocking the passage on the railway crossing. Now, but Ritten van Lerberger, they called him the Dudreider of Lichterwelder with his borrowed bike, he simply jumped off his bike onto the train, made his way through the soldiers and simply hopped off the other side. Nobody's seen anything like it. Now, maybe that was allowed in 1919, Rob, but let's wait and see what the commissaires decide. Now, the commissaires have been very, very busy today, Rob. They've also got an incident involving none other than the Lion King, Mario Cipollini. Now, he dropped back to the team car under instruction from Marta Bastianelli to get bidons. Rather than get bidons for his team leader, he took up his helmet and put on some hair gel just to make himself look even better for the fans. Now, as you'd expect, with him removing his helmet, the commissaires have had no choice but to disqualify him. So big, big scenes, and that's just adding to the Lions King's woes. Um, and Marta Bastianelli, well, she is absolutely livid. Well, that is bad news, isn't it? Chippo is out. As the Flemish might say, Mike, there's a hair in the butter, perhaps. There certainly is a hair in the butter, or as us Brits would say, there's a fly in the soup. 122 kilometres to go and it's Hagruk time. One of those misleading parts of the road in Flanders. It's up and down, not really flat as it says in the road book. And we're on the descent here before the road kicks up. And speak of the devil, Cancellara and his Swiss teammate, the former Tour de France winner, Ferdi Kubler, have come to the front and they're trying to put the hammer down. Oh, but there's been a crash. There's been a crash. It's a pile-up. Goodness me, what a mess. It's in the front of the peloton too, and George Hincapie, the handlebar's just broken off his bike. Probably because of the constant pounding of the cobbles. He's taken Oscar Freire with him, and splat, there goes Amanda Splat. It's a nosedive for Reese. Betjol is down, Stannard, Holm, Ulrich. Oh, it's like a who's who here, but in the wrong sense. Eric Zabel looks bigger as well, and the pileup's growing higher than the hill. We need to get a crane to get all of these riders out of the way. Oh, and there goes the crate. It's picking up the top layers, so untangling the knot. I think Matt Heyman, that is, crawling out of the ditch. Mathieu van der Poel, ooh, he's holding his arm and that doesn't look good. There's a dead horse in there somewhere too. Some old tractor tyres. What a mess. What an almighty mess. So after that crash, a big group's finally got away. All of that crash causing the chaos and 16 riders on the run from it. Quite literally as well, chased by policemen with dogs in fact. But they're just too fast. Under the beard and Dries they go. 115 kilometers to go at this point. They've caught the early break as well, so 24 riders at the front now. And as you might expect, a world-class group here. So who are they? We have Wiggins, Lizzie Dignan's there as well. Both British riders. Pedersen and Utrup are there for Denmark. Van der Brege and Van Morsel for the Dutch. Cancellara's there for Switzerland. Two Spanish representatives in Flecha and Valverde. Christoph is there for Norway, the former winner of the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Italy represented by Tafi, the Roubaix star. Fausto Coppi, campionissimo himself. And Alessandro Ballan, who knows everything there is to know about Coppi racing. We have seven Belgians there, as you might expect. Briggs Cotter, Ritten van Leerberge, Sepp van Marke, joined by Tom Boner, Roger de Vlamink, Philippe Gilbert and Peter van Peterchem. Longo and Rivera for France and Team USA respectively. And last but not least, Judith Arndt and André Greipel, the two representatives from Germany. 
So 60 men and eight women are at the front working together and leading this very special Ronde van Vlaanderen. Ladies and gentlemen, in my wildest dreams, I would have never thought I would utter these words. But we have un uomo solo e al comando. La sua maglia è bianco celeste, il suo nome è Fausto Cotti. We have one rider at the front of the race. His jersey is white and blue. His name is Fausto Coppi. Coppi put a dig in on the Parikeberg en route to Gerasberger. He's now got an advantage of 23 seconds on the first group and around eight minutes on the peloton. Matt, you're with him. Il Campionissimo. Well, thank you very much indeed. What an honor it is to be out in front with this icon of the sport, in fact, Fausto Coppi transcended sport in his home of Italy. Known as the Heron, he is flying with the grace of the aforementioned bird on the lower slopes of this iconic climb. I'm, hard, I'm struggling here while getting my words out because I've never been in this situation before and the Belgians are getting behind this man. The crowd are erupting and we've still got around a kilometre to go of this climb. This is something very, very special indeed. Back to you, Rob. I'm just getting a little bit emotional. Yes, Matt, it's the last 100 kilometres of the modern Ronde van Vlaanderen, and that only means one thing, it's the Muur van Gerasberger, copy at the front, a ray of sunshine breaking through those black clouds and shining directly on him. This is a divine performance, and I'm even hearing the angels sing. That's despite his terrible cursing. Coppi's now turned up the Vestant and onto the mood itself. The road really starts to kick up, and this is the steepest part to the top of the Capel Mood. He's getting closer and closer, twisting and turning, each cobble moving beneath his wheel now. A priest tolling the bell of the little chapel at the Capel Mood. But. But what's this? No! Oh, no! No, 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 not now! Not now! This is catastrophic! No, no, oh no. no! And he's going to go. Absolutely inconsolable. Just as when we thought we were getting a divine visitation from one of the gods of cycling history. It's a flat tyre. Coppy having to abandon and he's off into the chapel. On his knees. And it's time to say a prayer. Stronzo. Tranquilo. Cazzo. Porca miseria. Oh, and it's a real shame too because... There's a famous appliance brand with a representative about to give him a brand new dishwasher at the top. First one to the top takes it home. And I'm afraid it's not going to Fausto Coppi. I'm 
about you all the time But it'll do me no good to press my love on the line There's something in the air that feels cold as ice I guess that every time you play you gotta pay the price Unbelievable Ronde van Vlaanderen. Into Brackel, 90 kilometers to go. And Matt, what do you think? Today perhaps could be the day for Freddie Martens and that first elusive Tour of Flanders victory. Well, that would be remarkable. But Rob, here is what Ronnie and the Pilchards have to say about that very question. Now I've got the privilege to be riding alongside Freddy Martins and Michel Plontier. He is on the wheel of the double world champion. Now both of these guys were born on the same day and have been friends their entire lives. Pretty remarkable. Now they both live near Brusselare, where Kurs, the Museum of Cycling, is located and Freddy is one of the guides at the museum. In 1912, Odile de Freyer became the first Belgian to win the Tour de France in the first in a long line of world champions from Rossellara. Thanks to champions Benoni Broom Broom Bahait. Hey, that's me! Yeah, we know it's you. Patrick Sucu, Jean-Pierre Gimpy Montserrat and Freddie Martins. Rossellara is now known as the capital, Rob, of world champions. Now, Rob, there, there must be something in the water at Rosellara. So many of the finest cyclists Flanders, Belgium and the world has ever seen have been born here. So, does the little one talk yet? No, not a word. Does he walk yet? Nope. No standing up either. He cycles, I might hope. Well, of course. What, did you think he was French? Now, Freddie Martins had a guiding tour scheduled today at the museum, but he called in sick, amazing stuff, just so he could participate in this special edition of the Ronde. And boy... Does he want to win? 
Well, the leading riders are now about to hit the feed zone in Flobeck. Oh dear, that's Ritten snapping away the rice cakes and the burgundy wine that was meant for his teammate Briggs Cotter. He gets away with it, but oh no! Oh, he's crashed into Fabian Cancellara. That looks a seriously bad fall, I'm afraid. It looks painful. It's at the feed zone yet again. What do you think, Matt? Well, unlucky for them, but lucky for us. I was actually just driving past it with my microphone. So just give me a second, Rob. I'll just see if I can rewind and see if I have a recording. Um, yeah, I've just got it here for you. Mm, nasty. Oh, that sounds like a collarbone to me, Matt. Just to be sure, let's play it back in a slow-mo replay. Yep, that's it. Yep, Dr. Hatch says that's a collarbone, just like in 2012. So the race situation after the feed zone, 22 leaders, and the gap is starting to come down. 71 kilometers still to go, and it's Canariberg time. Bit of a counter-attack here in the peloton, six riders. Looks as though somebody's trying to bring it back down. Having a look down, yes, it's Niki Terepstra. Niki Terepstra, winner a couple of years ago with that wonderful wrapping he was doing after the finish. He's bringing that back as we get towards the top here. And you can just see over the top of the Canary Bird lies the beautiful music boss. I think we've had a movement there. Oh, Hollandir just feared off to the right. Oh, and he's in a ditch. He's in a ditch, Matt. What's happened? Well, absolutely incredible. A while ago, we saw Martins and Bollentier asking for the team canoe. I've taken the decision to drop back and have a quick chat with Lom Driesens. And what he actually told me was this. He said that normally in the finale of a big race, Martins likes a bidon filled with champagne. And it appears that Martins didn't take that bidon. Bollentier had it instead. And obviously, he's taken a turn for the worse and has veered off the road. Oh dear, oh dear, back to that in a moment. On with the race, and before we get to the Alde Quaramont, it's time to take that left turn, a very famous one, onto the Ronde van Vlaanderenstraat, and time to pay homage to the Karel van Weendalen monument. Well, on the Ronde van Vlaanderenstraat in Quaramont, you can greet Karel van Weendalen himself, founder of the Tour of Flanders. There's a statue of him over there, you can also keep your eyes on the road, though. Recommended for racing, but if you're here as a tourist, all the winners of the Ronde are painted, written on and indicated on the tarmac itself. Not that anyone who's cycled past there has ever managed to read them. Well, Rob, uh, sorry to contradict you, mate, but uh, Leon van den Hout was uh, the real founder. Uh, Carol was actually uh, the best marketeer. And, and have you got any ideas on whose name will maybe be added on the road after this special edition, Rob? Only one candidate now, Matt. It's got to be you. You're the champion of small facts about cycling at this edition. Rob, why does that sound not like a compliment? Anyway, moving swiftly on. Remember, if you win this race, you get your name and a little drawing put on the concrete slabs on Ronde van Vlaanderenstraat. But it won't be the case for Jacques Anquetil today. He's abandoned the race and he's actually stopped for a drink. He's sitting down to, I'm not sure what he's drinking, but he's sitting down at the Café Hoover, And that's a café formerly owned by the grandmother of Dries Devenais, would you not know? Anquetil always felt that the Koppenberg didn't belong in a bike race, and with the Bult von Melden on the horizon, Maître Jacques decided to abandon the race and watch the final few kilometres on the telly. He could have waited a few more kilometres, though, and stopped at Café Koppenberg, 
that's of course a cyclist pub with bicycles that are attached to the facade and a brilliant photo exhibition inside about the Tour of Flanders and the Koppenberg himself and where I can hear Matt that supporters have been drinking beers since very early this morning. Well, we're approaching the final 50 kilometres now in the Ronde van Vlaanderen, and it's the second time up the Alde Quadermont. Look at all those spectators cheering on the riders. Oh, Rob, as ever, it is a utter wall of sound. It is deafening, my ears are ringing, the atmosphere is absolutely electric, but uh, two of the riders from the early break have just been dropped with a mechanical. It's Brigshot and Roger de Vlaminck. Both have had to stop with a flat tyre. Now, what is happening here? Now, Roger's screaming for a wheel, the adrenaline coursing through his body, but Brig, in contrast, is staying very, very calm. He's taking one of the tubes wrapped from his back and he's starting to repair the wheel. Rob, this could take a little bit of time. Well, in the peloton, the Belgians are beginning to pull. It's the first time we've seen Peter Sagan as well. Gets a bit of an angry look there from Eddie Merckx, probably for what he said in an interview recently. Oh, yeah, I don't want to be uh, second Eddie Merckx. Uh, I want to be uh, first Peter Sagan. Well, I wonder what Eddie had to say about that. Uh, well, Sagan is uh, very good in, in mountain bike, uh, riding up uh, the, the, the steps, uh, and uh, has uh, beautiful hair uh, also. Up to the top of the Alde Quadermont now, the early break only has a handful of seconds on the peloton. It looks as though the break's about to be caught. So off onto the main road, we're about to turn onto those narrow streets. I think the break is about to be caught before we make that turn though. And this is where we're going to see the fight for position. And there's Sean Kelly nearly riding Eric van der Aden into the barriers. No stranger to a bit of aggro, those two. It's life and death here. You really need to be in the top 20 when you get to the foot of the Paterberg. Here we go, first time up the Paterberg. The race had just come back together. And look at the fans, the beer, the freets are out, and everybody's ready for action. And it's action we're getting now. Gianni Bugno, that is, putting the hammer down and really blowing up the group. Bugno going away, opening up a little bit of a gap. Trying to follow him of Loy, Freddy Martins, Steen de Volder. Magni is there with Ballan, and I think that's the all-conquering Annemiek van Vluten I can see as well. It's absolute madness here. Groups all over the road. 217 kilometers done, 49 kilometers to go now, and we're in Zulzeka. Matt, what's the situation? Well, as you said, things have changed dramatically coming into the last part of this race, but we have 17 riders out in front in the Ronda. I've managed to write them down. This is the list. We have three Belgians, Rick van Looyp, Freddy Martins, and Stein de Volder, of course, himself a double winner of this race. Now, other riders seem to be avoiding riding behind van Looyp for some reason at the moment, but the others in this move are Marino Argentan, Gianni Bugno, Fiorenzo Nani, and Alessandro Balan himself, of course, a former winner. That's four men in blue. We have two Danes in the form of Jesper Skibi and Rolf Sorensen, and three women have also managed to infiltrate this elite move. Mariana Voss, Judith Arndt, and Elise.
Elisa Longo-Borghini. There's also two Frenchmen here. Of course, the epic winner in 1992, Jackie Durand. He has been joined by the iconic, the legendary Louise Ombobe, also managing to get themselves in this move. The German, the Rudy Altig, and former world champion Tom Simpson from Great Britain. And Skibby and Martins are the only riders in this move who have not won at Duronde in the past. Well, in the peloton, it's the Belgians who are working. Rick von Steenberger, Tom Boner and Johan Museo, alongside Roger de Vlaminck, all pulling at the front now. Well, three kilometres to go to the Koppenberg and another closed railroad crossing. Matt, what's happening with the break? Well, absolute panic here. This is something that we did not expect. I mean, there's consternation. Some riders happy to hand back. Some riders are trying to get underneath the barriers. The commissaires, well, they're trying to pull the riders back here. And actually, look at this. Alessandro Balan and Jackie Durand have started arguing amongst themselves here. One saying they should go, one saying they should stop. It is absolute chaos here, Robert, at the front of the Amid race. Amid all of that arguing, Matt, it looks as though Van Loy's getting off his bike and walking over to a door, I think. Well, Rob, you are correct. Now, I'm just getting off the bike. I need to see what's going on here. Just weaving, but just, sorry, mate, out of the way. Just, excuse me. Oh, just weaving my way through the, the group here. And, uh, yeah, Van Loy, he's knocked on the door. He's gone into the house. The occupant of the house has let him in. And as he walked in, I did see him undoing his braces, which indicates to me that he may need a rather urgent trip to the toilet. But it really is fantastical scenes. I've never seen anything like this before, Rob. Let me just give uh, Rick Van Loy a moment or two. Well, it looks like that was a very, very quick evacuation. He's come back through the door. He's pulling his shorts back on. Um, Rick, what was the problem? Do you think it was the oranges no, at the start? No, 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 no. Absolutely not the oranges. Absolutely not. No, no. Well, Rob, you make of that what you will. I'm not convinced. But uh, meanwhile, the commissaires have stopped the peloton. Lots of swearing, lots of shouting. And now, well, the, the railway crossing is lifting up again and the breakaway have been allowed to go. But the commissaires are making sure that that time gap is, well, remains the same. They're holding back the peloton for the time being. But in the meantime, oh, my gosh, Sean Kelly, the red mist has descended again. He's just punched Eric van der Raden in the face. Van der Raden stumbles back, a couple of riders trying to separate these two who clearly have some bad blood between them and clearly might need a bit of anger management before those uh, unresolved issues. Well, a few more seconds have ticked by and the peloton now are allowed to restart. They are now rolling off in hot pursuit of the original breakaway. Right. 
with the race and this very special Ronde van Vlaanderen. The riders driving into the foot of the mighty Koppenberg. Such a horrible climb, but such an emblematic part of the race. It's so difficult. We've seen people in the past having to stop and walk, and that's exactly what Heinrich Sutter is doing. He was the first foreign winner of the Tour of Flanders. Back in the day, of course, he'd have had to change his wheel over, change from one side to the other, and he's changing his gear by flipping the wheel off his bike, and it's a mightily quick change too. Meanwhile, at the front of the race, that breakaway is exploding. Freddy Martin's also doing a bit of an illegal bike change, it seems. I think the race jury might have to get involved there. Looks like he's in denial as there's a, a finger pointing from the commissaire's car, but he's keeping going. Jesper Skibu dropped right at the foot of the climb. Oh, and he's over. He's over. Not again. Not again. And that race jury trying to get the message over to Freddy Martins isn't going to help because they are stuck behind Jesper Skibu. Skibu blocking the car. The driver looking like he's panicking a bit here. The peloton is approaching behind. Oh, and he's driving over his bike. He's driving straight over Skibu's bike. The crowd are going absolutely mad. And the car itself is going to have to wind up the windows. They're throwing mud now. Oh, and a cobblestone by the sound of it too. But away from that drama at the top, it's Steen de Volder and Tom Simpson, who look like they're the first over. Still a long way to go, but already so much drama. Now, Rob, I'm with the peloton just at the foot of the Koppenberg, and the heavens have started to open. We are really talking epic Tour of Flanders weather. The sky literally falling on us, hailstones as big as billiard balls. And I tell you what, I am very, very happy to have my helmet to protect me. Streams of mud are now coming down the hill, and this calls for epic music. Eddie Merckx is working his way to the front, as only Eddie Merckx can. Matt, you're riding with Eddie. How's he doing? Well, Eddie Merckx is just riding in the only way that Eddie Merckx can. He's got his elbows out, he's sat back on the saddle, he hasn't even got out of the saddle. He is churning a huge gear, and I'm just looking down now at his chain set. He is still, Rob, he is still on the big plate, still on the big ring, and riders floundering in his way. They cannot hold the wheel of the cannibal who is eating the Koppenberg well for breakfast. Hey, what is that, the road sack? What did he say, Matt? He told me he has really good legs. Ben Aino, in the meantime, who hates the Koppenberg, has fallen over on the steepest part of the climb. All the riders are behind him, feet on the ground, and they need to walk up. Oh, it's like the 80s again. Just perfect for Inu. They're like real sportsmen, though. Quite courteous at the moment. Courteous chaos, more like, and Sean Kelly can see the temper rising again. Oh, he's punched the spectator now. Well, to be fair, the spectator had a go at him and pushed him, but he doesn't want to punch his idol back. So the spectator's actually going to punch someone else. What an absolute mess. He's turning into a brawl on the side of the Koppenberg. Someone make it stop. Believe it or not, the sun has returned. Oh, you've got to love this climate. After the Koppenberg, six riders at the front of the race. They are De Volder, Simpson, Van Looy, Bugno, Sorensen and Magny. The peloton has caught the rest of the break and Eddie Merckx is looking quite good. Next up, it's Steinberg trees and then the Tienberg. Any facts about Mark Adalma? 
Well, Rob, I'm uh, glad you're asking. The township of Machdal has eight mills, of which four are water mills. And it also has eight churches, the oldest of those churches being, well, Matt, at Matt, least Matt, five... Thanks, Matt. That's crazy interesting. But they're entering Maria Borostrad. 37 kilometres to go, and our six leaders are at the foot of the Tienberg. The peloton looks nervous because everybody knows what's going to happen on the Bodenberg. Tom Bone himself, Maurizio Fondriest and Eddie Merckx side by side, but oh la 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 la, Tomeka, 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 sprinting up the Bodenberg, Merckx in difficulty and trying to hold the wheel of Tornado Tom. Lots of damage in the peloton as it's split into four. It's like this every year, isn't it, on the Tienberg? Typical chaos here, especially with that man Bono involved. It looks like our six leaders are about to be swallowed up by the first chasing group. Approaching one of the most famous towns in the history of professional cycling, a group of 20 riders ready to arrive in Ronce for the Alderkreuzberg. The leaders are there, ready to make that right turn onto the cobbles for the Alderkreuzberg. And when they do so, they can take a look at that famous mural of the 88 World Championships. It was held there on that very spot. And I hope it doesn't bring too many bad memories back for the likes of Rick van Looy and Claude Criquillon. However, Steve Bauer might want to keep his head down. 26 kilometres remain of this very special day and we're on to the Autumn. Seven riders try to get away. And Mariana Foss is trying. She's being followed by Remco Evenepoel, who's reacted. And now it's Craig van Avermaet. Adrie van der Poel. Rolf Sorensen's there, along with Fiorenzo Magni. And I think that's Nicky Terepstra trying to go with them. Seven leaders now onto the narrow road towards the Alde Quarmont, which is the penultimate climb of the officially unbelievable Tour of Flanders. The road slowly rising just before they hit the cobbles. Rake has an advantage of 25 seconds on the peloton now, and they're approaching, for the third and final time, those mad Flemish crowds. This is what it's all about. The unofficial National Day of Flanders, where the region comes alive and the world watches on. Well, it's 17 kilometres to go, and it is the penultimate ascent of the Alde Quarmont. This is the crucible of world cycling at the moment. It isn't just the biggest race in Belgium, I feel it is the biggest race in the world, and the crowd are on their feet. And it is Peter Sagan, the former triple world champion and also solo winner of the Tour of Flanders, pulling very hard on the front of the Pelissin with Oliver Nelson on his wheel. Oof! Sagan just avoided a jacket that was hanging on the barriers. That would have been a real sense of deja vu. He swerves, and then that manoeuvre has caused a ripple effect. So Eddie Merckx has now come down. Sagan is still upright, and he's taken Kasper Asgreen, last year's runner-up, and Annemiek van Vluten with him. But Merckx quickly jumps back on his bike, dusts himself down, and is off again. But Merckx has now got a desperate chase on his hands. But the crowd are behind him. The roars of the Belgian fans is absolutely deafening. Getting behind their hero, the finest rider of all time, is now fueled by the desire of the crowd. And a couple of riders now who have avoided the crash are Johan Buzel, Ritten van Leuberger and Tom Simpson. And they are eagerly trying to get across and bridge the gap to the six leaders. Really working hard together, rumbling along these cobbles. They're trying to stay on the crown of the road. They're just coming to the top of the climb, which is known as the Quaramont climb. Here, it actually gets a little bit flatter, mercifully so. And now Museum throws 
the chain onto the big ring, gets out of the saddle, the back wheel skipping. This is causing Simpson now to grit his teeth, searching for the gears, churns the gear, just about holds on to the line of Flanders. The winner, of course, way back in 1961, looking fresh as a daisy today, but suffering and trying to hang on for dear life. But Van Loberger cannot hold on to the sheer force of nature that is Museo today. Museo and Simpson bridging the gap to the leaders just before the top. What an awesome effort that was. Simpson relieved, shakes his head in disbelief at the might of the Lion of Flanders. Museo and Simpson bridge the gap now to the leaders. What a mighty move that was by Johan Museo. And uh, it's caused Tom Simpson to shake his head in disbelief at the sheer strength of the Lion of Flanders. And boy, does he look strong today. And now we turn right and are on the descent to the Paterburg. 13 kilometers to go and here it is that famous sharp right turn off the farmer's track and onto the Paterbeck. It's the final climb in this Tour of Flanders and we have nine leaders. Mariana Vos fighting with a bike over the 300 meters of this steep climb in the first position. Terpstra is following her. Remco Evenepoel, the young pretender, is there too. As is Fanavrma Goldengreg, followed by Sorensen, Musseu, Van der Poel, Magny and Simpson still there as well. They're getting towards the top now. Those final few throws of the bike. 15 seconds on the chasing group is their lead. Indeed, well, it's now only five kilometers to go. Eddie Merckx back in the bunch. Now, he has jumped on a move by Francesco Moser. Moser uses the left-hand side of the road, goes in the back, classic textbook, but Merckx immediately reacts and is on the wheel of Moser, and they are both moving clear. That strong headwind making it very difficult, but they're making light work of it. Trofeo Baraki star now. TT mode for both of these consummate time trial specialists and world hour record holders, remember, eating into this tarmac to try and bridge the gap, but now they cannot afford to play cat and mouse. They must work together. Three kilometers to go now, and that's Tom Simpson getting rather angry. It's because Magnus refusing to do his turns at the front. Merckx and Moser getting a little closer. Eight seconds the difference now. There is no time for messing about. Now, Adri van der Poel tries to get away. Museo closing him down. Sorensen on his wheel. And Simpson and Magny still playing games at the front. I think they're just going to lose connection here. They do. And just like the Vlaming and Martins in 1976. Well, we are finally under the flam rouge of this uh, ultra special edition of the Ron van Vlaeren. We have Marianne Vos, Ivanopol, Nicky Terpstra, Greg van Avmaat, van der Poel. Museo and Sorensen, and it looks as if it's going to be a sprint between these riders. They're easing up, they're weaving across the road. Museo glances behind him just to see exactly what is going on. And it's Eddie Merckx, Francesco Moser, who have joined Simpson and Manny and are now bearing down on the leaders. Incredible, the leaders are now joined by Merckx, Simpson, Moser and Magny. Inside the final kilometres, about 600 metres to go now. And Moser trying to go up on the other side of the road. Voss countering his attack. It's pandemonium in Arnenarde. Who's going to win this Ronde van Vlaanderen? Museo now launches the sprint with 300 metres to go. Van Avermaet on the left-hand side almost overtakes him. But on the right, it's Eddie Merckx who comes over Museo. Merckx, Museo, Merckx, Museo. Is it going to be more than seven millimetres? No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's Marx who wins his third Tour of Flanders, equaling the record. So, Eddie Merckx with the win, just ahead of Johan Moser 
and Greg van Avermaet completing the podium. Mariana Voss was the best of the rest in fourth, with Tom Simpson finishing in the top five. Rolf Sørensen sixth. What a performance by Remco Evenepoel amongst all of those big names in seventh. A solid eighth for Sepp van Marke, Fiorenzo Magni down in ninth, and it's a tenth place for Adri van der Poel. Andre Greipel won the sprint for the peloton behind, just ahead of Marta Bastianelli, and Rick van Looy finished 13th. Well, I hope you enjoyed this unusual tour of Flanders. As real Flandrians, we just had to celebrate and pay tribute to this monument of a race that itself has seen some of the most dramatic moments in cycling history. When things clear up, do yourself a favor. Get that bicycle out and come ride your own ronde. Conquer those bergs, enjoy those cobbles in the wonderfully unpredictable weather of the Flemish Ardennes and discover your own Flandrian spirit. The officially unbelievable Ronde van Vlaanderen was brought to you by Visit Flanders. You have heard, in order of appearance, Koen de Graven, Rob Hatch, Matt Stevens, Johan Museo, impersonator Jonathan Bokstaal, Koen Brandt en Tom van Dijk. The officially unbelievable Ronde van Vlaanderen is a concept by Christophe Gouy and Paul Wouters for bowling brands and was commissioned by Dries Verklieten of Cycling in Flanders and Flanders Classics. It was written by Dirk van Nijverseel and Paul Wouters, directed by Koen Brandt. Sound by Olivier Marga and Patrick Voets. This was a Het Geluidshuis production.